All right, tell me when. Go. We're live? Oh, we're live. Wow, that was a, a really smooth and complete introduction. But hey, we're live. And this is Homie and the Dude. We are the father and son. Well, it's, it's homies and the dude tonight. Father, son, and compadre, partner. Uh, and we are a TTRPG development creating team dynasty. What do we call ourselves in our Discord chat? Fucking, this is, this is the, the, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> we could start a dynasty, though. I mean, how hard could it be to start a dynasty? True. It is true. Just this go do true. it. I think we're doing it already. I think we are doing it. We're there. Um, but anyway, let me just give you some context. If you're here to see this, ask me anything on our airship combat system overlay for 5e, and then in parentheses, also down the road, 1D&D. We are here to answer any questions that you may have, but also to specifically focus tonight on feats. And we have a little bit of a treat on a, some art reveal aspects of, uh, of our progress, of our development so far. So with that said, I think it would be good for us to just, for those people that are joining us for the first time, to provide some context to just a little bit of an introduction to the airship combat system, why we did it, um, a little bit of history, and then maybe a, a little jaunt through our last few months of, uh, <laughs> of creating this thing. So I'm happy to hand over. First of all, let me do an introduction. That would be good. I'm Tom. I am the father half of Homie and the Dude. I typically am looking at the marketing side and the aspects of bringing this whole project through to a Kickstarter um, and the back-end elements of you know book production and probably if you're here it's because I've interacted with you on some level somewhere so I thank you for um, interacting in the first place and then being here in the second place um, but that's me that's my role that's what I play um, Bodhi uh, I'm the son half of Homie and the Dude. Um, I do a lot of the creative bits and bobs uh, around the company um, in terms of writing stuff and DMing our stream and, and creating our world and a bunch of stuff like that. But today I'm just going to be answering some questions. That's 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 it today. Just answering some questions. It's going to be a, a, a font of answers? Yeah, just be a font of answers. That's the plan. Okay. That is the plan. All right. A wealth of okay. knowledge. A wealth of knowledge. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, that's the goal. And then, and then um, on the other side of, as it were, the world, over on the east coast of America, Tony is sitting in his um, in his laboratory, and uh, is uh, where we often see Tony collaborating with us on a bunch of different levels. And so, Tony, introduce yourself and give us uh, your your perspective on this project, as it were, um, from yeah. its inception up to where we are today. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, name's Tony, um, and I am the also the other side of the creative. I'm known as the the mad scientist uh, <laughs> of stat blocks and such. Uh, my job, most of the time, is trying to find a way to have our crazy idea be turned into a rule set that makes sense. It isn't too ridiculous. A little too ridiculous. Just a little. You got to see later. Oftentimes. Oftentimes. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> one of my favorite quotes. Let's add more guns. <laughs> um but um yeah so a lot of you know we've been working on this kickstarter um getting it ready doing all that fun um 
And it's been, God, how long has it been now? Since, since, since we started May? this? Since May, I think. Yeah, it's been, it's been months and months. So, yeah. so if, it, if it was since May, it's the fifth month. We're now in the, the 11th month. So a good six months. Yeah. Yep. And uh, made a lot of progress. But um, a lot of this came from just us realizing that, you know, um, the Sky Realm being a, you know, in the sky, probably not going to be able to use a car or a cart. Um, <laughs> and realizing there is no system for it. Um, yeah. There's no real cool way um, to do it. And so we decided, well, we could do that cool way. And so we have uh, very long along the process. Um, our main goal being kind of our mission statement um, of this Kickstarter and this product is to have um, swashbuckling in the sky. Yeah. The, the quick turnaround, the, the everything's always changing, the chaos of sky combat. Um, and so far, I think we have we've got we're, we are there. It is so cool. Um, yeah. I'm really, pleased with, I'm really pleased with where we're at as well. I think we're, we're ticking through. And just as an update for you guys in terms of, you know, where we're at, where, you know, our example pages are pretty, you know, getting close to being done. We've got a lot of nice art that will be, you know, um, used throughout the Kickstarter for you guys to see what the rest of the book will look like once we're funded and things like that. Um, some of which we'll show you tonight, which we're super, super excited about. Do you but, have that loaded? I do. I have a bunch of art loaded, but let's save that. Let's save that. For no, of the course. End. No, no, no. Let's, no that's that's let's, a, that's a. Let's save that. Um, but yeah, we've got a bunch of that stuff ready to go. Um, and but to the, today, the the main thing that we're diving into. Please, if you do have any questions, shoot uh, about any topic to do with airship combat or our overlay or anything like that. Please feel free to. Otherwise, um, for for us on our end, um, we also plan this to be something where we want to give you guys a first insight into um, some of the things that will be in the book. And we're going to be starting with feats tonight. So um, we will be showing you guys some of the features that will come with our book. And these feats are like pretty vital to the system that we've created. Um, they're a big part of um, bringing the players into the system and 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 linking you know, D&D players and the ability to use your, your class and character um, on an airship um, in, in a lot of ways. Um, so, yeah, we're just excited to talk about those and, and, and really get into that with you guys tonight as well. One of the things I love about, like, you define it, Tony, in, like, basically a statement, um, swashbuckling in the air. And I, I love it. And sometimes I forget it. And if I have to describe it to someone in a uh in in my version of it um it isn't as it isn't as short and concise as yours but mine is something along the lines of um a simple yet dynamic um sort of like uh what do you call it like when you have the the red baron like uh dog fighting uh ability in the sky but while also preserving the best elements of traditional D&D 5e uh, combat. So it's not something that overwhelms a combat situation, and it's not something that is completely a, uh, you know, sort of a, a throwaway either. It's a balance of having some strategy, some fun, and some simplicity in, in using airships to complement combat without, without overwhelming traditional 5e combat i guess yeah 
So my, my way of saying it's a hell of a lot more like wordy and everything, <laughs> but as opposed to you just saying swashbuckling in the air, which is exactly <laughs> what I was trying to capture. <laughs> there is one thing I did want to build on just briefly, um, is that you know this is a system that we we want we would use. And I don't like having to have a trigonometry calculator next to me while I'm running a game. Personally, not my thing. Um, I may be a statistician as my day job, but no, I don't, I don't want to play that game on my downtime. Hmm. So we have the goal has been to how can we gamify a specific element using the 5e rule set in a way that is intuitive and in a way that is easy to comprehend so it's easy to use right uh we don't want you know the goal is hey this is how it works and when this happens this happens and you go oh okay perfect that makes sense mm -hmm. um and so far i think we that that is probably the thing i am most proud of mm -hmm. is that i could read any of these rules even if like um if i write something and i want to share it to Bodhi or vice versa like very almost every time by the final product is yeah cool that makes sense um, mm. I may have never seen it before. I, uh, mm. you know, I may have not even known that was something we had on the agenda. It was, you know, a spur of the moment idea. But the second I read it, it's yeah, cool, makes sense. And if not, mm. then we change it till it's yeah, cool, makes sense. Uh, Sketchy saying, "Hey, all, hey, what's up, Sketchy? How you doing, man? Pleasure to have you here. Oh. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, and uh, also um, talking about rules and feats and 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 you know how we're making it simple and whatnot." I think let's let's dive into this. Let's first of all, I think Tony, let's you and I just talk about the the feats generally in terms of why we put so much emphasis on feats and why it's such an important part of the system that we're building or, or why these feats are you, you, you know so important. So do you want to do you want to dive in with some of that and I'll, yeah. uh, I'll 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 follow you up with that. Yeah, so um, one of the, the kind of key elements we wanted to have here is not to necessarily force players into a specific role. We didn't want, you know, oh, you're the captain. Now everyone else has to do. If that's what you guys want to do, great, but the system's not designed that way. What we've done instead is allowed feats, which will give, you know, anyone can do just about anything, but you will have certain abilities um if you have a certain feat that ties to one of the you know one of the elements of the ship um one of the big things you get um with feats is um commands um mm -hmm. i know we've talked briefly uh last stream on kind of how we've decided to handle crews um and there and crews could be commanded but not everyone based on their skill set in game can use all of the same commands. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the big things um, you're interacting with. Um, a lot of the feats allow you to interact with the crew in different ways because uh, crews are a resource uh, the, you know, in this system. Um, you need them and you can lose them. So you can also command them to do certain things, whether it's charging another ship, whether it's fixing something, um, whether it's uh, intimidating another ship. Mm. And all of these things are things that the feat unlocks for you, which allows that feat to you to get a lot of mileage out of. 
right? Yeah. It's not like, um, oh, I've gotten this feat and now I can, um, I can have them do a terrifying battle cry. It's not like that's only going to come up once if you're doing yeah. a campaign in the sky. That's something yeah. that's going to be incredibly helpful anytime you're in combat. But you yeah. get it, and most importantly, no other player can do it unless they also have that feat. So you yeah. get this cool thing that you can do that benefits everyone, and it's something that it stays relevant in the majority of situations. I think to build on that as well, one of the other awesome parts of the, the feat system that we have is a lot of these feats allow you to build in either character growth or already pre-built backstory. So, you know, if you take our pilot feat, for example, um, you know, you know, that might be something that if you take right at the beginning of the game, your character might have a history of being a pilot. They might have done some time, um, you know, being a pilot of, of their own uh, Sky Zephyr airship. And, and um, that can influence your whole writing process and the whole character creation process very much. Not to mention, in the middle of a game, you know, it, it, it's, it's not a far stretch to be like, you know, well, I, I'm going to take this feat on because my character has been doing a lot of piloting recently. Um, I have been taking the wheel for the team here, so it makes sense that, you know, um, I'm actually going to try and take the, the, the pilot's feet and, and use it. And like Tony said, it, it's something that we really connected with our air crew, um, our air crew system. We, we felt like, um, you know, very few people um, in, their, in their systems have like really, a really good connective um, thing for the players and the crew because the crew felt either like they were so far in the background that it wasn't relevant or that they were so far in the foreground that you were using like actions in initiative taken up by, you know, n unnamed NPCs that are not doing anything on the ship. And so we tried to find this middle balance by creating these feats that allow you to not only have badass things that you can do personally, but also give you in some cases commands that you can give to not unnamed NPC crew members around you um, to enhance combat, and most of those are are, are, are done as a uh, as a bonus action. What I'll do quickly is I'll I'll just pull up on screen um, to start off with our, our one feat that we were we're going to show you today, and this is our navigator's feat. This one actually doesn't come with any commands. Um, we will be showing you one with some commands in a minute, but this is just so you can get an idea of like the kind of general structure that we're going and the. Um, like the thought process and, and just to kind of tease you guys into thinking about, you know, what, what, what you can maybe do with this and, and, and how you can use it. So can, I, can I ask a question? Yes, please go for it. Can I, because I know when I'm interacting with folks, uh, we have different degrees of people that are like very, very experienced in D&D &D and other people that are more along the lines of beginners and mm. they're just entering the game. So can I take the, and I'm actually asking legitimately for myself as well, but, mm -hmm. um, but I will play the role of a beginner. <laughs> it just so happens those two things mm. are concurrent. But um, when we talk about feats, if you're a new DM or if you're a player, is it something that you would, you would explore in the creation of your character and the backstory of your character initially? Is it something... Because I'm almost picturing like, you know how um, in The Princess Bride, where um, it's nice not in, Yeah, well, well where they're, they're sword fighting, and then all of a sudden, the, 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 well, he's, he is the prince, basically, um, flips his, he's not, he's the boy. What's his name? Uh, Wesley. 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 Yeah, yeah, fucking Wesley. Far, far By the way, spoilers for Princess Bride. 
Yeah. Dr- Spoilers Dread for Princess Bride. Throw yeah. it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dread Pirate. So he throws his, his sword up in the middle and says, um, I, I'd like to just tell you that I've been fighting, you know, this has been a great fight, but I'm yeah. actually left-handed. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and so, yeah, so here's the question. That, like, as you were explaining that, Boats, I was wondering, like, could an NPC or even a PC have a hidden feat that at some point they're like, oh, yeah, I actually do know how to steer a ship. Like, I used to do that as a kid. So I guess the, the overall question is, can you just introduce how feats would be introduced uh, in a game, either before, during, you know, whatever, uh, through the, the, the arc of a, I'll, of a story? I'll, I'll, sh- I'll shoot sure, you sure. this one. Yeah. Um, I think, I think to, to answer your question, that's, in a lot of cases, not up for neither Tony nor I to decide. It's mm. up to each DM and each player to decide. Cool. how that relationship with feats works because you know feats can be in some cases given out by dms kind of like you know inspiration if they feel like the the moment in the plot justifies giving your character a feat then you know and i've i've done that you know when you got for example when geo got channeling lux and tenebis oh yeah yeah that's that's a moment where i gave you a feat that is because of a plot point that happened in our in our game so that's one way that you can do it. But it can also be something that, you know, you take at the beginning of the game. Some DMs allow you to take an extra feat um, at the beginning of a game. And if that's the case, then, you know, taking one of those feats can very much inform backstory mm. of that. In terms of your, your question about a secret feat, all characters' stuff should reasonably be secret in a sense of that when you first meet a person, if we're talking about any campaign that starts, at the beginning of the campaign, you shouldn't know any like any person unless they're your sibling that you've grown up with, like fully that you meet in the party. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, just yeah. like in real life when you meet someone you, you don't have the resume in front of you. No, exactly. You gotta spend a couple years getting to know them properly. So Yes, yeah, yeah, everyone should be keeping most of their feats and everything like that to themselves. Okay. And it, like for, for, for metagaming reasons as well. So yes, you could reveal, you know, when you do step on an airship, you know, you you don't have to outright, you know, be like, ha I am a pilot of the, the greatest Navy ever. You know, you could actually be really disgruntled about that. That Navy might now be a murderous horde of pirates and you were a part of it once. And Not you, proud, not so proud yeah, to reveal so, that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's something that when the time comes up, you do reveal, and I I think again that comes down to how the DM wants to play it, what kind of rules and regulations they have as a DM, mm. and then um, you know that that relationship between the player and the character when you feel it's appropriate to take a feat, same as like a spell, like a, a, a lot of people talk about, you know, how do you gain spells? Is it just something at you know a level you gain some spells? Is it something where you could make it as you know we read a comment. That could literally be, you know, you're making checks to try and observe people do the spell so that you can learn the spell. And then, you know, from there you're learning a new spell. And, you know, at that point, it takes away spell restrictions if we're really talking about it. Because if you see a fucking bard casting a spell and you're going to, as a wizard, going to try and learn his spell. Do you know what I mean? Unless your DM is then also like, well, you try and learn it, but because you're not a bard, you can. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's one of those that's, uh, that's... Really down to the the DM and whatnot. What do you think? Yeah, the thing that would add is how these feats are used in your game 
is completely up to you. You want to do a level five campaign and you've got uh, like the players, uh, the characters have been traveling for months and they, you know, the players have all come together and be like, I'm going to be the artillery guy and I'm going to be the pilot. Do it. If that's what, if that's what your campaign's about and you got your own little ship, you know, your little ship companies out doing their thing, go for it. Um, you could easily see a situation where someone's like, hey, you know, I got this cool idea of this character who learned from this ace pilot in his childhood. And then the ace pilot died and then he had to steer it over so he could, you know, great. Give him the feet because that seems fitting. You yeah. could also have that entire scenario play out in game. And then after the ace pilot, he was like learning under who was with the party gets killed by a dragon or a night devourer or whatever. Um, maybe cloud base. Then cool. Now they've had to step up into the role, and that's right. I'm always gonna drop the cloud bees, um, <laughs> but um, you you can have it then. It's whatever fits with one your DM style style and two the campaign you're running. Yeah. Um, it totally just agree. and your general feeling about feeds. We don't have anything in here that's like sentinel. Yeah. Uh, you know that is like everyone wants to take it every time because it is objectively good. Or like Mage Slayer, a lot of these are very cool, but they also work within the system. Uh, we yeah. we have gone through a lot of discussion to ensure that we don't have anything that like cool. Um, we're just gonna have like a group of artillerymen because there's no reason not to, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, we want to make sure that there is reason to pick everything that it's balanced in that sense. Um, which also with the the play testing that we'll be doing after campaign, um, that'll be something that backrolls up the opportunity to to help us with and make sure yeah. that, hey, that's a little strong based on mm. our game. Cool, we'll take that and we'll we'll make sure that's the goal is to make yeah. it a difficult choice, not a obvious choice, it, yeah. like, it, a difficult in a good way. And, you know and, what I mean? And, and yeah. to totally, that's why we've made a lot of these feats as well, so that. Uh, you know, your typical D&D &D party is somewhere between four and eight players. You know, if if you have, you know, four people, you cannot, when we have a bunch of different feats, you can't pick every feat to fill the hole. So your team has to be very selective on what you're doing and also what your, you know, what your crew's approach is to combat in some cases. Um, here, I'm going to pull the feet up on screen so everyone can see yeah. it. Um, and it's going to be cool. the, the, the navigator's feet. It's on screen right now. Go on, Tony, what were you going to say? Um, I was just going to add one detail that I think we, we may have overlooked. I know I did. Mm -hmm. Is that also not all feats can be grabbed by everyone. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And that is a conscious choice. Yes. Um, certain of these, um, which we will be getting into, um, not necessarily showing, but kind of just explaining the, the concept of um, a little bit later. Um, we want certain... Uh, classes to have kind of their their special one something that only makes sense for them and they're pretty cool here's, uh, here's the beautiful thing again as we always say you know with customization you you can if you want to include it and that's why we've put in you know these these ones that suit certain classes and ones that are directed to certain classes because it then again makes, you know, choosing your class and, you know, making all these decisions as a team in that session zero um, a lot more interesting.
But also, you know, if you're a DM and you want to just wing it and let your players use whatever, as with everything in this book, it's optional. So feel free to feel feel, feel free to you know do do as you please and uh, and and you know go go about that in a way that 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 feels better. Uh, home the home bakery. Hey, what's up? Pleasure. Thanks for coming and hanging out. Appreciate having you here. Love your content, by the way. Um, would a druid not fit this feat more than a wizard? Maybe it's something you know we're 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 very much open to the uh, to the discussion too. Yeah, maybe maybe a maybe a druid might fit this a, a a little bit better. And on that, it depends on how you want to flavor the navigator's feet. Well, right? It, it, is yeah, yeah. No, is it, it reading wood patterns and like like actually knowledge of? Oh well, you know, I see that island there, so we must be here. Therefore, right. Yeah. Or, you know, is it a little bit more, you know, um, Gandalf Science smelling space. the smelling the wind? Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's it's how you want to do it. But I'd probably I'd probably say Druid makes sense here. Yeah. And and uh, exactly to your point, Reven had, had mentioned just before your insightful comment, um, it fits flavor better, too. So it is complementary to um, yep. they, they just complement each other. The, the feet will yeah. will color. Um, the DM's flavor, the PC's flavor, all of it. So. so let's go through let's go through this a little bit and just break some of this down. So the first thing that this feed allows um, a player to do is um, this feed gives you advantage on nature and survival checks while you are airborne. Uh, so any survival checks or nature checks that are being made, you are going to have advantage on while you are airborne, which actually plays into the second the second bit of this, which is which is quite nice. Um, this feat then allows you to make a survival check to try and understand the wind direction of one air zone above and below you. This DC is equal to eight plus your wisdom score. So um, this is this is you know uh, the, you you might be wondering air zone what an air zone above and below me yes so in in our in our um, in our system um, you will be moving up and down zones as you travel in your airship. So knowing what is going on with the wind above and below you is going to be something that's going to be key um, to, to, you know, piloting these ships. And it, it, you know, one, definitely an area of this feat that's very interesting and very helpful as well. Um, anything you want to say on those first two, Tony, before we move on to this big chunky last bit? No, it's, um, you know, you could see, you know, like we were talking about earlier, here is the the fantasy and the feel we're going for. And how do we take mechanics mm. to make that a reality that's fun? Yeah. Um, and also, more importantly, in these cases, fun and feels thematic. Right. Mm. You can easily see yourself building a character if you like this feat. That is, you know, he's got his he's a cartographer. He's got all his maps and he's got his weird little gizmos and eyepiece and, and all and that like and maybe if you want to make him a druid air genasi you know that's doing this then that's fine if you want to yeah. make him a wizard you know a, a wizard elf or whatever you know that's 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 why it's a that's uh you know it, it becomes really interesting and here's go go for it. i was just gonna say also when i picture this navigator feat um and i'm picturing combat and strategy during combat if you have someone that has this feat and can understand different wind patterns and different zones above and below you, you can certainly picture how if they are really attuned to that, it could change a, a dogfight in the air. It could really like, you know, you could sweep 
in front of someone. You could be, you could lure them into a zone that makes them a lot more vulnerable. Like there's a lot of different ways this feat could be used, used strategically in a dogfight. Hundred percent. It's it's one of those it's one of those chess feats. It's one of those ones yep. that almost gives you gives you a bit more into strategic insight. Um, and you know the the fact that you can make nature and survival checks just generally with advantage means that for like general flight when you're not in combat, this feat is still really usable, really helpful. Um, but then the, the 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 nice chunky bit of this feat is that with this yeah. feat, um, when at the helm, you can take a bonus action to make an insight check contested by an enemy Zephyr's dexterity to predict its movements it will take at the end of this round of combat. If you succeed, you learn the forward momentum of your enemy Zephyr, um, and if you succeed by more than five, then you also learn one maneuver um, if they have chosen to make one that round, um, which is really, really interesting. And just to kind of break this this down, uh, Tony, do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about what some of those like <laughs> like sentences and, and and phrases mean? I will I will lightly touch on it, as I'm sure we'll have a more in depth conversation regarding these mm. at a future date. Um, mm. But um, like we lightly talked about um, the last AMA we did, um, our, we treat movement, again, as a resource. And so um, when piloting, you'll be able to use maneuvers as well as track your forward momentum. So what this ability allows you to do is from across the ship, you know, looking at the other pilot and going, he's gunning it. Here's what we need to do. And, it, you know, it's... Like we've discussed, the, the combat in the sky is really almost a game of chess with moves being made mm. in movements cases at the end of the turn. And so, as you can imagine, when you don't know what the other guy is doing, you could put you could put yourself at risk. You could also throw yourself out of position. The navigator, with a good role, a good contested role, can predict the movement, which gives you and your group the advantage. Mm. I know what they're doing. So this is what we need to do to get ourselves in a better position. Get the big gun in range. Cut them off. Take them out. Get away. <coughs> All yeah. these things. Um, though it doesn't seem like much, it's so you know where they're going. The way this is done, that's huge. Yeah. It's totally. And you know what it reminds me of is um, I was just watching a Netflix documentary on the America's Cup, which is this oh, very right. competitive sailboat racing, like these big, big, super super techno sailboats and they've gotten now to the point where they're like they're hydrofoils and they're just literally whipping in and out of each other but what you what you find out is that a lot of the race is the captain's instinct their ability to read the subtleties of what they've grown up through years and years and years on the sea in different situations with the wind and being able to understand that you know what, this feels like it did in that one time, this long time ago, where the wind's going to change, and if I don't tack a certain way, I'm going to get fucked. But if I do, I will absolutely be in an advantageous position. And that's kind of the feel that this navigator yep. feat can give you. 100%. This is the guy who is, like, right next to the pilot, and he's just tapping him on the shoulder, go up. What do you mean? Go up. Do it. You both end up on top. Told you. <laughs> yeah. Like exactly. if you want that, if you want that to be your character, he's just kind of this really mousy, like and like just uh, by the way, turn right. Hit the brakes. Like <laughs> yeah. you could do that and you could actually be, you know, you're not just being a jerk. You were basing this on information. 
Yeah. So it, it, it's a fun dynamic. There's a lot of ways you could spin it uh, that make it really fun and also could be represented very differently in different characters. Yeah. 100%. Super it's, fun. It's one of those ones that is, you know, really, it, it's, it allows you to be an assist man in a way that makes you, in some ways, the hero of a lot of those moments, which is really cool because you're assisting the team with advice, but also that advice in some moments is like so crucial, yeah. you know, for your movement. And, you know, knowing the, the amount of forward speed the other Zephyr has and knowing if they're making any turns if you roll more than five on your check is crazy because you know... You know, you know which way they're turning. If if they start going a different direction, if they're coming towards you, you know, if they're gonna hell Mary ram you, you know, having your navigator make that check before the pilot then makes the decision at the helm could be life or death, like life or death for a team, uh, a party, uh, a scenario. You know, like a it, ship. It, yeah, for a, a ship. Exactly. Bye -bye. Yeah. Exactly, you know. And I think to, to Reven's point in the chat, it's it's like, you know, you can really flavor that up and be like, you know, I, I can see I can see his fingers twitching on his right hand as it's on the wheel. I know what that means. He's gonna turn he's he's getting ready to whip the wheel down, which means he's coming toward us. So we need to go up a level because otherwise we might be at risk of being rammed right now. You know, that kind of oh. that the subtlety of that reading the elements, but also the other ship is 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 could be really, really fun flavor. I personally probably my favorite combo for this in my head is the mastermind rogue. Mm. Where they could literally in a combat scenario be giving advice, throwing the long distance help action, and just literally being like a combat conductor mm. of just I'm sitting here and I'm you're just you're steering the ship up. Oh, they're going better turn right. Make sure you take care of that. Like just like yeah. like because it would be super fun for for me as a player to like have this role where I am like almost playing full support for yeah. a ship. It, it, that just I love that idea. Yeah, I'm I'm right there as well, and I, that's oh. why out of all of the feats that don't have commands, that's one of my favorite ones that doesn't have commands. I think it's it's such a powerful tool for any air airborne campaign that that that, that you'll uh, that you'll find. Um, here I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up another feat now. I'm gonna pull up our second feat. This one is our artillery man feet um this one does come with a couple of commands which we'll have a look at um and we'll break it all down for you but I, i'm gonna pop that onto screen now um so this one is the artillery man feet as you can see it's a lot more chunky there's a lot more information there there's a lot more to to digest um but to can break you read it that yes i can yeah. holy shit um but to break it down for you guys um this feat is made specifically for martial classes. So if you're a barbarian, um, if you are a um, if you're a barbarian, if you're a fighter, um, if you're a monk, um, you know a, a lot of these martial classes that are using you know combat, heavy hand-to-hand -hand combat, um, you know weapon-to-weapon -weapon combat. This one is made for you guys so that you can get on some guns and start start doing some uh, some nice damage as well. Um, and, uh, and and we, we really hope that this expands that, you know, so that you can still as a barbarian feel like, you know, you're, you're able to, you know, use that rage, able to, you know, do, do, your, do your thing and, and still hop on these, uh, these weapons around the ship and, and, and make an impact 
other than just having to, you know, be the guy that runs onto the enemy ship and, and, and does some bits. And um, yells a lot. You yeah, can yell exactly. A lot. That's cool. Exactly. Um, so, just to break it down, firstly, this feat allows you to add your proficiency bonus doubled uh, to the attack roll using a confrontation station on a Zephyr. So when you're totaling up your attack, um, the, the, the uh, attack roll, the modifiers for the attack, you get to double your proficiency bonus um, when adding all of that up, which is an awesome one. Um, that, that just generally means, because of the way that we do weapons as well, um, the way that each confrontation station is set up, um, it's you know typically the, uh, a, a statistic that is that we're choosing so one of one of the stats that we're choosing um then a modifier from the weapon itself and then your proficiency bonus if that exists and that's how you're going to be comprising those those attack rolls so that's that's really really interesting um so next up is the feat also allows you to add an extra damage die to any damage rolls made using a confrontation station on a zephyr so again when you do land a hit, so you're more likely to hit when you take this feat, and when you do land a hit, you get to add one extra damage die of whatever that confrontation station uh, does damage-wise. Woof. <laughs> brutal. <laughs> Absolutely brutal, and it means that, as far as that, you're not losing the impact because you're having to a ranged you know, thing. And this, this is the other thing, is some of these um, ranged weapons are gonna be using decks, but there's going to be others that will be using strength. There will be others that are using, you know, di different abilities. That means that, you know, even if you are, you know, a fighter or, or a barbarian that's put a lot into strength and not mountains into decks, it, you might be like, oh, it's a ranged weapon. It's going to be decks. No, all of our confrontation stations, uh, like, have different abilities that you're choosing that, that will apply to, to, eat, to use each one so that it is more diverse and varied, basically. Mm. Absolutely which I think is freaking awesome. Then we get into our special aircrew commands. Now, there are ba basic aircrew commands that you can give the aircrew on your ship, which we'll go into some other time. Um, and those are things that any person on a ship without or with any feats is able to do um, at any point, um, as long as they have a bonus action. And so here with these special feats, um, they are as a bonus action as you can see. Um, and the first one is fire. Um, as you can see, the first line is some prerequisites for this feat, um, which are just some things that need to be in play for you to be able uh, to, sorry, to use this command, not this feat, this command. So the first thing is you need two air crew members alive, um, which is really important. So out of your, uh, out of the air crew on your ship, you need to have at least two of them left alive um, to, to give this command. We'll be talking uh, about more about that in a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Then uh, the chosen confrontation station must already be loaded. It must be unmanned, and it must be, uh, and it must have not have the compromise condition. My apologies. Um, so, again, meaning that you know this this weapon that you're asking them to 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 shoot must be already loaded. It must have all the the ability for them to go and man the station. Um, and it can't be broken, which is what the compromise condition is, which we'll go into some other time. Um, but the, the, the station can't be broken, basically, from, from combat as well. So those are the things that must be in place for you to use this command fire. 
Um, once those things, once you've identified, you know, the, the, the confrontation station is loaded, not broken, and unmanned, um, then you can give the command. And the command uh, has been, once the command has been issued, two aircrew members will rush over to man and aim the chosen confrontation station for a single action. They will fire it at a chosen enemy Zephyr station part or creature within range. When manning uh, a confrontation station, aircrew get a plus one to attack rolls made using the station, unless you have chosen our optional aircrew leveling rule. Then you apply the appropriate bonus based on the stat block of your leveled crew. That's a chunky little bit right there. That's a really nice little bit of information. Tony, do you want to break some of that down, dude? Um, I am having computer issues right now, so I will let you. Okay, cool. No worries. I'll, I got I'll, it. Sorry, my screen's all messed up right now. I'm trying it's, to fix it. It's all good. Um, so a couple things that are interesting about that one is so your your air crew are going to go over. They're going to once you give this command, they're going to go over. They're going to hop on the the station. They're going to shoot it at something that you choose, whether it be a creature on the ship or um, you know one of the parts of the ship. Entirely up to you. But what is really interesting that is mentioned here is that aircrew, when they're manning it, they get that plus one. So it, when it's asking for, you know, their deck score, it's their deck score plus one, you know, uh, plus plus whatever the, the confrontation station's uh, modifier is. Um, so that's just for general use, and that's to dumb it down, simplify it, make it super easy uh, for DMs. However, we do have a more complicated option, which is mentioned our aircrew leveling system, which is something there as you gain an air crew and if you keep them alive for long enough, they can get more badass because that would totally make sense mm -hmm. is that if you work with a crew for long yep. enough and you keep them alive for long enough, they would grow and get more badass. So um, if that is something you're interested in, um, if you want to go into that level of detail, that will be something you can do. And that's why we mentioned, you know, you start using the modifiers of those stat blocks as opposed to... Um, using uh you know the the plus one that is aforementioned there so that is how a command works and that's how we've broken these commands down and you can do that as a bonus action on your turn so any person with the artilleryman feet can turn around on their turn um see a confrontation station that is loaded unmanned and say you know what i'm gonna as a bonus action shout fire we've got two air crew left alive they're gonna run over they're gonna go shoot it at that and then I'm going to go do my action elsewhere and, uh, and, and take care of it. And um, so that is a, a big one for, for, for a player to be able to issue that command. Go for it, Tony. It's, it's that simple. That's all I'm saying. It's that easy. <laughs> mm. you, you point, and then your crew kind of turns. They give you a little salute, and they run over and do it. Yeah. They may miss, <laughs> especially if you have the, you know, like the commoner crew, you yeah. know, with finger and nose and, you know. <laughs> exactly. Those, those guys, but if you got some elite guys and you're like, you know, fire and then you get the real stern salute and they march over and do their thing, um, you know, you're not doing it, but they're doing it because you told them to. So it still feels really good. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's one of those ones that, again, it it makes this dynamic in of that, you know, you're now not just thinking about options for yourself. You're thinking about options that the air crew can do around you. You're thinking about yep. how to utilize the resources around you, not just the spell slots on your character, not just the weapons in your bag. Um, you're now starting to think about, you know, the, the resource of the crew around you as well, which is awesome. 
Um, the next command is actually one of my favorite commands. It's a really, really fun one, and it's a really, really wacky one. Um, and Reven has spotted it and mentioned it in the chat. Um, has said the create ammunition command. Um, so this is something that uh, artillerymen can ask uh, some crew members to do, which is, you know, if you run out of ammunition on a ship, I'm sure you guys have seen Pirates of the Caribbean where they're stuffing cutlery into a cannon, you know, and things like that. <laughs> um, that's, you know, something that is very much realistic and has been done throughout the years of naval combat and things like that. People have, you know, improvised um, <laughs> ammunition and things like that. So that's where the inspiration for this command kind of came from. So the prerequisites for this um, is you need four aircrew alive. Um, the chosen confrontation station must have uh, the create ammunition ability. So basically, um, the confrontation station must be allowed to be able to have uh, ammunition made for it. You know, certain things can have ammunition made. Yeah. Other things are going to be, you know, like the uh, you know the cataclysmic cataclysm the, the ship ender um <laughs> is gonna be you know that's that ammunition you can't make that out of socks <laughs> do you know what i mean um that that's gonna be a little bit harder i think we've lost tony for a quick second but i hope he'll be back with us in a minute um so just going through the rest of this command so once those prerequisites have been met you've got four air crew alive um and the confrontation station has the ability to have ammunition created for it um once this command has been given uh, four air crew members uh, will search for uh, items that may be used to create improvised ammunition uh, for a chosen confrontation station. They create three pieces of ammunition for use. The DM may roll a D4 on the random materials table uh, to deduce what the improvised ammunition is made from. Now we have put one of our classic, and you'll see this throughout the book, optional rules. Uh, that we include many times throughout the books. Uh, once you know what the material is used, uh, that is used in the creation um, of this ammunition, you can ask a player that did not issue the command to describe how the material is being used to form the ammunition uh, uh, and what it looks like. We find that that's a really fun bit of like role play, character play, because if you look at the table, the things that the crew can make the ammunition from are cutlery, uh, wood from the deck, uh, spare melee weapons that are lying around, and then footwear and protective gear that happens to be on the ship that's, again, just lying around. So, <coughs> excuse me, getting up another player who has not issued the command to describe what this random bit of ammunition made of footwear looks like, <laughs> uh, we believe will be a nice, fun, uh, you know, bit of role-play moment and, uh, and, you know, descriptive moment for, for players. Oh, yeah. And then if you're you know, if you're a DM and you just want to take it the next step further, you could also have those do different things. If yeah. the player describes them, they have the, a mace in their inventory and they throw it to them and they shove the mace inside, maybe it does bludgeoning damage. You know? Uh, yeah. Maybe if they're firing uh, at a piece of armor, maybe, or even better, cutlery, now it yeah. like fans out a little bit and does piercing. Like, you know, once again... We are just giving this is here are some rules and here are some ideas. If you want to take it to the next level, uh, you know, on a nat 20 for the crew after they shove a bunch of cutlery in a cannon, um, you know, go crazy. That's the fun of it, right? We're <laughs> yeah. playing make believe, exactly. You, you, you know, go crazy. It does, it's not actually happening. Do what you want. So, as you can see with our artilleryman feat, it gives you the ability to boost your firepower as a martial class, it gives you the ability to 
command aircrew to fire and you know do damage at your command. And it also allows you to get the aircrew involved in creating ammunition when you run out or even when you don't run out. If you just want a random piece of ammunition, that's totally fine. But it means that, you know, when you do run out, again, it comes down to, you know, when you're choosing your team and if, you know, you're playing a campaign where a crew know each other and you're choosing your team based on that, are you going to choose the artilleryman feat? Because if worse comes to worse and you run out of all ammunition on the ship, they can still pull pull something out of the bag. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that then becomes, you know, an interesting choice of whether that's something you want to have on your team or not. And as a martial character, whether you feel like that is the that is the feat for you. Um, I'm going to pull that off the screen now, but uh, but there you go. You know, it reminds me of back in the day. This is before your guys' time, but uh, in it was. Um, the world wrestled, so it was the WWF, but now it's the WWE. There was a wrestler called the Iron Sheik, and the Iron Sheik had a loaded boot that he could like, he could kick, he, he had to load it, so he had to like kick the tip of it. But once he kicked it, he, <laughs> I don't know what it was that was in it, but if he kicked someone with the loaded boot, it would render them pretty much unconscious and paralyzed. And so Beautiful. I'm just picturing you know, the Iron Sheik's boot being loaded into a catapult or into a fucking, you know, s some sort of uh, projectile device. That then, then it lands on, you know, uh, an enemy's forehead and uh, or, or, or sweeps out numerous enemy members. I don't know. It was, anyway. <laughs> I have two thoughts. One, <laughs> as a DM, you also have to think about what is the crew eating with if you shoot all the cutlery? True. Good That's point. important. It is true. Two, Tom, we'll continue this conversation off stream, but I think we have a new magic item for this. <laughs> the loaded boot. The I'm, loaded just, boot. I'm just saying, you're reading it now. You're, you're, you're telling us about it. And I'm going, pretty we cool. We can come up with some sick art for that. that sound, <laughs> yeah. It sounds like the guy was running a DD &D campaign and then just brought <laughs> that into his persona, is what it sounds like. So, um, so I mean, I'm down for a cameo. Hey, y'all heard it here first. The Iron Sheik. Iron board. Sheik's boot. As long as it's not trademarked, we'll have to figure that out. Do you know what I, I think is something that's you know really interesting and um, something that I definitely want to just bring up as well when we're talking about feats with you guys is you know with all these feats and we've got a bunch more that you know we're happy to talk about with you guys, but um, we you know when we're playtesting this and when you guys are using it in your games obviously we want you to customize it and and make it fit you know scenarios for you we might give you a scenario but also you can create your own once we start playtesting and i think you know for me something that i know someone mentioned uh gian mentioned in the disc excuse me in the discord um is you know it's it's important to for feats to not only have benefits but sometimes you know uh things that are you know uh, detrimental to people taking those feats as well uh and you know there's de we definitely have that with like the necromancer feat um you know it can really hurt crew morale when you use your necromancer feat abilities on on your ship it can really hurt your crew morale which is totally understandable when we explain how that works but the the thing that I'm interested in is if you guys feel like these are both balanced and useful enough that like if you're running a campaign where you are sky pirates or you are on a spell jammer or something like that, are you going to be wanting to use 
these feats um, regularly and how much you know that is gonna like be be a part of the game because we we envision it being a large proportion or like a decent proportion um, but we would really love to know when you guys do start playtesting once you know we fund it and we do start playtesting what you guys think and and how that goes basically based on based on how you guys find it so we're really interested in that well maybe sure. let's let's maybe talk about the whole balance issue um this this concept of you know we and i think um alucard the bard mentioned it as well in the discord as well but there's there's this this element of we want it to be available and useful and helpful um, but perhaps not so much so that it's, you know, it's like a, it's like a work a day or work a minute feat. Mm. Um, and there's some consequence to using it too much perhaps. So I don't know, uh, the, the, the considerations of balance. So if you guys can talk about how you've been thinking about balance when you've been creating these feats would be interesting. I think, I think one way to answer that and Bodhi, let me know if I'm going mm. too early, no, go for it. but we could, you know, one way is to take two feats. Um, these these were, were still balancing, but the concepts of them and how they're using the same resource in very different ways. Mm -hmm. um, so we're talking about the Necromancer and the Divine Protector. Mm -hmm. um, Necromancer, we'll start there. We'll, we'll start with being a little shady. Um, as we discussed, the crew is a resource. You have to have a certain amount of them alive to do these things. And if you can keep them alive a longer time, um, they, can you know, they, can, they can grow. And they could become more useful and more powerful and build as a group. Now, the Necromancer is all about using that crew as a resource. Um, so they will have abilities like if a crew member dies... They could be resurrected for a certain amount of time and still function as a crew, just undead. Um, if a PC was to fall in combat, oh no, my PC, you could point at one of the crew, suck their life force out, killing them instantly, and then give it to the PC. Now the PC might be happy about that, but if you're sitting there, you know, being a nose picking, you know, commoner guy, and you just watch as one of the one of the the heroes of the crew sucks the soul out of your buddy. <laughs> um that's probably going to have a that's probably going to affect your mental state in a pretty unhealthy way um which will affect the morale you um, might even you might even go to hr you might have a conversation you know oh the there's sidelines there might be an intervention you know <laughs> that, that could happen a crew it's probably gonna end up in a lot of dead crew uh but even more like we've talked about cool well if you guys have been doing this for a while and you're using the crew as cattle how are you going to get more crew? Like you have to recruit these people. And if your ship is just known as the crew ender, good luck. <laughs> like you're paying, you're going to be paying absorbent fees to get mm. these guys on your ship because they know it's a, it's, it's probably a death. <laughs> no one comes back. No one comes back. Or they so, do come back and they're never the same. <laughs> oh no, they don't. They, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, and so that's one of my personal favorites. Uh, you know, a one you can also give, and you know, a BBEG. I mean, God, mm -hmm. you're you know that you watch that happen. Uh, that's going to be rough. But on the opposite end of that is another um, another one that's all about the exact opposite. So we have the Divine Protector, um, who in order to have you have to be a paladin or cleric, 
um you have to have kind of the the that divine connection um but the idea behind them is they're all about ensuring your crew survives so that you can use commands um they have things like in the event that you do lose crew members due to like an aoe or something like that you get to roll a dice and that many don't die yeah. right you you are actively you are calling upon your divine connection or if you're a paladin your your innate will to protect them yeah. so this could be huge for morale now a lot of it is kind of um in re- it it doesn't come up as often but when it does like a fireball's coming at your ship and you lose all like the maximum amount of crew and then you you save them all that is going to be an insane moment Mm. Uh, and you kind of get to be the mom of the crew right like you're the one that they're going to they're going to see and respect which also means that if you are a cleric or something like that you know thinking of character maybe you are um you are kind of a messenger of your god and you're trying to recruit more people to alia or bahamut or you know whatever and so now you have you have a you're you know a small a clergy upon your ship because you have they have seen the power uh, of their god so they're you know one resource two completely different uses for it and very different instances in which they would be relevant dead on and what i love about it is so yeah i, I know some of the questions coming in the discord um from the watermen from alucard from uh jero were about balance of a particular feat what you're talking about is you guys are balancing out the inventory of feats as well and making sure that there's representation that's considered on you know across the spectrum of good stuff and possibly negative yeah. stuff. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's it's, I, it's something it's something that we want to have a, a good balance in the feats as well as also like across the feats as well. You know we you, you know like and and Tony you know we very much when we were coming up with the necromancer and the divine protector they followed one another because we were like wait if you can kill people and take their lives why can't you just save their fucking lives with god like godly powers you know what i mean mm. like it, it, yep. it made a it made a lot of sense to to kind of slot that in and i think you know again it comes down to cool are you a wizard that is a necromancer or are you a warlock cool well then guess what you can take the necromancer one and it means that yes you might not be doing as much for the team morale but when you need to pick up a player there's no one better to have on your fucking team than the necromancer vice versa if your guys are all really heavily based on using your aircrew through Mm. these commands you might really want that divine protector to keep that aircrew alive and furthermore if your players in your you know table are using our aircrew leveling system that's an even bigger reason to keep them alive so they suddenly become a lot more important and 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 that role that that feat of divine protector becomes massive Mm. you know it means that you know if if you're losing air crew left right and center then you know there's no chance they're going to be leveling and especially if you're killing them (laughs) as a a necromancer you you are the reason they're not surviving (laughs) exactly (laughs) so you know these feats are very much a case of you know uh, an ability where you can you know use the things around you to elevate these moments and like tony said Dependent on how, like, don't get me wrong, at, at some point, yes, you could name every, if you have, say, a small, say you've got a small Sky Zephyr and, you know, you've got a maximum crew of, like, you know, maybe six to eight people, um, and four of those are uh, NP, like, four of those are, like, you know, PCs, and, you know, the rest are, like, air crew, for example. Um, 
that's going to be a very small air crew. You've got like five people there. Like every time like the ship gets hit or something, you're going to be losing like almost most of your air crew. So keeping them alive. And furthermore, you might give them names. You might actually really like that air crew. It might, they might become really important to you. So mm. utilizing these to, you know, pull that crew into it and, and make that an interesting part of the story as well becomes really cool. Because it's then also, it, it's like those moments where, you know, a player saves an NPC or you know, kills like a big bat or whatever. That moment where it's not just like, you know, player on player and it's not just like player on like heavily named, you know, NPC in a lot of cases. It could just be, you know, like you see a random person in the street struggling and you help them. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 that, it adds for those hero moments that we don't often, you know, get, which is really, really nice. And I, I, I really like that about being able to use the air crew for those moments. Yeah. Okay. Go for it, Tony. Um, and we haven't even talked about the commands associated with both of those. God, can I can I ask you guys a, a question? Um, yeah, of course. Just to just to give a, an overview of our system, I guess two questions. One is, uh, can you share about how many feats will be offered in the final book? And that's the first question. The second one is, are you there yet? Or are you still are you still creating feats? as we go we're, we're definitely still creating feats and we currently have about eight or nine okay basically is where is where we're currently at but we 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 constantly go oh this would be a really good idea let's you know let's throw a bit of that in here do you know what i mean and oh you know this yeah. is a really nice one let's let's throw a bit of that in here do you know what i mean what do you think the end number will be once uh once we get to a place where the book is finished, the feats have been well thought through, you're thinking about balance of an individual feat, you're thinking about representation that if I want to be the fucking, the, the, you know, the black ship of the sky, I'm going to have enough, like, stuff that is going to represent my, my, my evil side as, long, as well as if I want to be, you know, this pristine, you know, saver of the sky. There's going to, there's going to be representation across the board. What, what's your final tally, do you guys think? Give or take. I, I, I committing to a number right now is rough because even in this conversation, I've come up with two more ideas. Um, <laughs> on top, that's of, where on it's top of the Iron uh, Sheik's boot. <laughs> oh no, that, that that's an item. That's going to be a fun magic item. But no, like a beast caller, someone who mm. like can, because there's also going to be a whole bunch of like animals uh, mm. that are in the sky. Um, so having, you know, maybe a druid or something like that, but if we haven't talked about that, feel free to shoot it down, but, no, no, um, I mean, like, like, a, like, like, like a whisperer, so, like a whisperer, you know, I like almost kind of imagine them like grabbing like, like a whistle or something. And then you roll on a table and see, you know, maybe cloud bees come. Like you get like an X gotcha. amount of cloud bees that the, just the, come the, and help me out the, for a short period. The fucking Aquaman of the sky, basically. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Basically yeah, what yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah, um, so, so, so it's imagine, hard to say right now because I, we're very much just like yeah. letting the ideas come. Um, yeah. I'd probably say we have at least three or four more, like yeah. easy. But if we if we go into a just a, a fervor of creative uh, create creation, I could speak um, a fervor of creation that could easily double. So it's yeah. it's hard for me to commit to a number when we're having so much fun making them. Yeah, I, th I think I think realistically. Uh, just because I'm, I'm always the grounding. <laughs> just because, <laughs> as you guys will find out, 
Tony's the Tony's the hot air balloon drifting off into space, and I'm the shitty tether that's like keeping him restrained yeah. to the ground. Um, I would say I would say Not reasonably we're probably looking at like a maximum of fifteen. Like mm -hmm. reasonably, I think fifteen feels like you know a, a, a good top end number of you know uh, how many feet just like cohesively will will work together and and that kind of thing is is reasonably what I think. But at the moment we're like at eight at eight or nine, so we got like a bunch yeah. more. Okay, we got room tonight. Yeah, we got room. Just um, to just to invite those that are in the chat, if you if any of this is sparking additional questions, or if you had some questions yeah, coming yeah. in, any curiosities that any you any questions about anything to do with airship combat and our system, please feel free to drop them in the chat. And anything about this, also, if you happen to see this video and you're watching it when it's not live, please put questions in the comments wherever you're watching. If it's on Twitch, go to our Discord um, and 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 go through there. But please put any new questions you have in the in the the comment section and we'll include those in the next AMA and we'll make sure to you know backdate all of that stuff two things one if you are watching it thank you for watching get on the discord yeah, so you know when we're doing it live because that'd be fun links in the description links in the description <laughs> um but one thing i did want to add while everyone's thinking out of their awesome questions to throw us off um i did want to just share the the actual because we've talked about commands and i went over the 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 idea for the necromancer and the divine protector i got so excited to share them i forgot to mention the commands themselves oh yeah, go uh, yeah so the necromancer will have a undead catapult effectively where if they raise a um a crew member as a zombie they will have the ability to magically catapult them onto another ship within range to wreak havoc mm -hmm. so real like resurrect him oh we don't need him Dunk. <laughs> um to, to really maximize what you're doing there now the divine protector ha will have a um a prayer of protection this where cool. they will be able to call uh, come call together um, a certain amount of crew we're still debating it prayers are important praise bahamut um <laughs> personal favor shout out to bahamut um but they will be able to create a um, a barrier around the ship to raise the entire ship's AC. Mm -hmm. So once again, feeding into that protection, feeding into that I you I am an instrument of divine power, and we will we will summon it to protect us all. Versus, you are nothing to me. Go eat their soup, and then just chunk an undead across go across to another ship. Um, so once again, fun commands. I don't think anyone that's not a necromancer is throwing undead. So, yeah. you know, very, very it's, distinct. Exactly. And it's, it's one of those ones. And I, first of all, I love both of those. I, you know, I think we, Tony and I talked about, you know, the ability to have a undead person, you know, run around and cause some shit on another person's ship would be great. And also the, just the idea of an air crew coming together in a moment of crisis to prayer, to, to, to pray together, to, to create like a, a, a protective shield around their ship. We not only thought would be a hilarious moment in the middle of combat for like a ship to come together and be like, Bahamut save us from this moment. This is, this is really shit. We're kind of fucked. Like, you know, kind of thing. But we also thought, you know, it's also a really cool ability, you know, that you can do as a bonus action. You bring, you know, you get to boost some AC of your ship. You get, you get to lift the thresholds for, for, for all your, you know, parts and components for a little bit. And, uh, you know, it becomes, becomes really, uh, really, really fun and interesting in that way. So that, that, that's another good one. 
can you imagine a ship running into Cataclysm, the world ender, and then they're just like, the only shot we have is to pray. <laughs> just, just <laughs> Literally. Yeah. We, before, our only option is to pray right now. That before, is it. <laughs> before you give us just a little sneak peek of Cataclysm, the world ender. Just a, We've just already a little, shared it. I know, I know, I know, but but it's <laughs> it's so good, and I know it's your favorite. It's your personal favorite. So, <laughs> just another little sneak peek. Um, for those of you that might be new on the chat, just know that to keep informed going forward, in the description there is a link to our newsletter of holding, which has a regular update of what our progress is, but it also has some other elements. It has some free stuff. Just because you're part of the journey with us, we're giving away, for instance stat blocked NPCs uh, at times, you'll automatically be entered into all of our dice giveaways. Um, so we make family made big chunky XL dice that um, you'll be part of that, that lottery, so to speak. So um, sign up to the newsletter of holding and also our discord is pretty active on a daily basis, just understanding kind of where we are dropping questions in and uh, comments on the progress as it's going toward the Kickstarter. By the way, the Kickstarter currently in our minds, we're casting forward and projecting that it's going to be sometime in early-ish 2023. So by early-ish, I mean sort of like, you know, First March quarter. is, yeah, March, April time of 2023. We feel like by that time, we'll have a great deal of the content done in the book. We'll also have a lot of the back-end research of what it's going to take to make this thing beautiful. I don't know, those of you that haven't seen the cover of the book, it is public now in the discord so have a look at that as well we're really really proud of the artwork that has been done and this might be the time yeah, really yeah. to share some of the artwork um, we have a few different artists we have some that are in-house josh and victor that are working on stl files for and 3d modeling and character sheets cover right now this for, is the front cover of the book for everyone is, who doesn't know. Yeah, this is the front cover for those of you that haven't seen it yet. So this is the work of um, at sign Art of Caustic. You can find him Alex, on Instagram. Uh, he's he a legend. He's a legend. He's been working with us and has probably created upwards of, I don't know, 50 pieces of art for this book at this point that are just, uh, whether it's NPCs, it's different uh, character positions, it's ships themselves. It's the book cover and other uh, like chapter full size, almost like spread pieces of art. So we're really, really pleased with the the quality of artwork that we're getting. Um, so yeah, there's there's elements of NPCs. There's all sorts of stuff that you can be involved in in um, in the Discord and in the newsletter of holding. That being said, um, so here, here's the book cover, guys, uh, just to kind of break this down for you guys a little bit. Um, you can see we've got our title at the top. This is written in, uh, you'll, you'll find out as the book is written. Um, it's written from the perspective of two characters called Galmer and Safa, um, who are actually Tony and Mai's uh, NPCs in, in, our, in our world. Um, and it's just written from their perspective as they have, you know, traveled around together and, and experienced uh, airship combat, um, creatures in the sky, different types of airships, um, you know, all, all, all this kind of stuff. So it's written from their perspective. Um, there's a lot of nice like dialogue bits. We have some like fun quotes that go back and forth 
um, of, of us, you know, bantering and, and having dialogue about some of the rules and some of the stuff. So actually you can see on the front cover, if you look closely at the, the ship in the foreground, you can see on top of the ship, there's someone firing a, a magical harpoon. Um, and you can also see someone else uh, flying the, uh, steering the ship. The person steering the ship is me. The person flying the ship is Tony. Uh, sorry, the person steering the ship is me. The person shooting the harpoon is Tony. And actually, not on our the, ship. I'm shooting the other ship. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and on the wing, you can actually see Tom's character trying to repair a uh, a fan that we currently have broken. So we're super excited about this this piece of art, and and we're super excited that we're going to be you know uh, including that um, in the book. That's going to be our front cover. Um, while we're here and we're showing some awesome art, let's let's pull out some other stuff. Let's let's quickly. I'm gonna pull up the Thunderbolt quickly, and this is just to give you guys some more art reveal. We said we were gonna reveal some art from inside the book, so that's the front cover. A couple of you have seen that before. Some of you might not have. Um, but this is the Thunderbolt airship. This is one of the airships that we um, will have art in the book. It will be fully stat blocked. It also has a, a crew of five people, four or five people. Um, and each of those have art and stat blocks and backstory and, wow. and STLs. For, and STLs, for... yeah, we'll be having printable files so you can make them into minis. Great point. Mm. Fucking really good point. Um, but I'm going to put that on screen now. Um, that is this gorgeous ship that you can see. Um, Right there. So this is a side profile. We do have an in-action shot of it that I don't actually have um, loaded at the moment, or we're going to save for, for, for in the book. Um, but this ship specifically belongs to a, a pirate group. Um, and you can see it's, a, it's quite a large ship. Um, it does have a combination of blimps and fans for its propulsion um, and, and its, its, its aviation. It has one helm. Um, it's got, you know, quite a large hull with, you know, many deck floors um, in it. And you can see again that there's fans down on the lower side. You can see that there's one large fan at the back and then there's the purple blimps in the, 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 the top blimp as well. All of which, you know, keep the ship in the air with, uh, with hot air produced from the engine uh, that's powered by Ceruleonite power gems. But this one's really cool. Um, the crew is really great for this one. We've got a really good crew of pirates. We've got the Pirate King. Um, we've got his first mate, um, who is a pixie. Um, we've got uh, two other crew members as well who are very interesting characters and a love-struck duo, actually. Yeah. Um, so we've got some pirate pirates that are in love as well, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, this this is just overall a really cool piece of art. Tony, do you want to say anything about the uh, the, the Thunderbolt and your, your kind of thoughts on on our airships and shit i love them <laughs> um no one thing to note is that not only will the ships have stat blocks but all of the npcs on the ships will have custom stat blocks mm. um with their own individual abilities maybe some feats mm -hmm. mm. wink wink mm. nudge nudge we just talked, just talked about that um <laughs> But no, so it's, you know, if if you like these guys and you think they're fun, you want to run them, especially some of their abilities, some of my favorite we've come up with. 100%. We were talking, we were talking about Triple P, right? Just yeah, a second yeah, ago? Yeah, Triple yeah. P, Zodiac, then what? Yep. So, you, you, Portly Flyer. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. <laughs> all I'm going to say. No more little, context. Little Portly guy. Flyer. Let me also add that so these are ships based in uh in the world that we envision and that we've created however the actual system the overlay itself 
could be set in a different kind of world. It could be set, for example, in a world that is similar in a sky that has different zones of air, um, or it could be in space. There's a very, very minor modification for you to overlay or lay over this system onto a spell jammer, onto another system that is within 5e, and eventually within uh, 1D&D. So what we're going to propose is that by the Kickstarter, um, which will be next year, early next year, 5e will still be in full force, but we all know that in, on the horizon, we can hear the drumbeat already, like sort of beyond the mountains. We can hear that little drumbeat of Wizards of the Coast furrying away at 1D&D, and we know that it's coming in 2024. So our commitment is to make this future-proofed so that you'll be able to use it for um, 1D&D settings that have any kind of airship, spaceship, vehicle in general combat. Um, so that's what we're pretty proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing to note, obviously, we won't be able to have it compatible for 1D&D at launch because 1D&D won't exist yet. But yeah. we are committing to um, anyone that, you know, to anyone that backs and has a PDF and the PDF will pretty much come with every level. Um, we are committing to updating it and then getting you an updated version for D&D 1 for free. That is part of the package. Mm. Um, it's something that we'll be able to keep you guys posted. Once it comes out, we know how many changes are, are going to be needed. Uh, but that is something we're committing to. And then we'll probably do an additional, another Kickstarter relaunch for another physical copy. Um, and you'll get a better rate if you had previously Kickstarted um, with this one. So just, just a little bit more detail for full clarity. But we yeah. are committing to uh, this through D&D 1. And just, just to go off what you said, you know, the ships and the crews, you know, you can take just the art of both of those things. You could take just the, uh, you know, just the backgrounds of the characters. You could take, you know, uh, some abilities that you like and plug them into some of your own characters. You could take the stat block of the airship and put different art to it if you wanted to. It's entirely up to you. That's why a big part of this book, and we will continue to keep hammering this point home at, throughout the book and you'll notice it throughout the book and also um, as we talk about it everything in this book is customizable to suit what you want so if that means you want to just use art for things then great if you want to just use um, you know the the stat block of something great if you want to just use a section of something stat block and put it with something else that's totally fine. We want this to suit your situation as best as possible. So everything is customizable all the way through and, and, and alterable and, and, and adjustable. So it means that hopefully it should suit every setting and scenario that involves you know, air combat and can be easily adjusted for ground or water-based combat and can be easily adjusted for space-based combat as well as we do allow for three-dimensional movement as well as also, you know, like we said, all this crew stuff and blah, blah, blah that can be either included or not included dependent on how nitty-gritty you want to get or, you know, how loose and, and, and not detailed you, you want to go with this. Um, the big final piece of art that we do have for you guys today, and we, we, we do have a really, really sick big piece of art Drum for rolling. you guys today. Um, this piece of art is our one of our chapter pages. So we are we are actually going to be we're going to be relaunching this chapter page as an example page very very soon. Um, but 
what you're going to see is the top half of the chapter page for our creatures and mounts or like the monsters section of our book, basically. Um, and I'm going to flip to that. Hang now. on, hang on a second. Are you, I didn't know you guys were, were sharing. Where was I during this conversation? <laughs> I think that's the point you randomly walked away. <laughs> yeah. By the way, this is probably one of my favorite pieces of, pieces art, of art that, that Alex, Alex has, has done. Ever done. It's, yeah. it's just really uh, pretty special. Cool. I'm going to put that up on screen now. So this here is going to be the top half of a page in our book. Um, this is a chapter page for the, the, the creatures and mounts um, of, our, of our book. As you can see um, from the scene, um, there is a, a giant creature inhaling and sucking air inwards. Um, you can see a tiny little Sky Zephyr or airship just kind of um, in the center there. And, uh, and coming over the top is this, this creature's um, like light source, like almost like an anglerfish. But uh, this creature is called a, a, a night deceiver, but specifically this one is, uh, is called... Uh, <laughs> This, this, this name every, every, every time. Um, it's uh, Kyoba Samo um, is, the, is the name of it. And um, it's, it's one of our ancient beasts in the world that we have. It's one of these like legendary creatures. It's this leviathan-sized uh, leviathan creature that has, uh, has cities inside of it. And there's many of them actually in the world, but um, this one in particular is, is one that we're very excited about. So, so that is a night deceiver. That was just sort of like a throwaway line, but can we just talk about that a little bit more? When you say it has cities inside of it, Yes. That, that's just kind of like, it has a little explosion in my head. Talk about that a little bit more. What does that actually mean? So when it's, when it's inhaling ships, the accumulation of those ships and those creatures actually form civilizations inside of this beast? 100%. Dead, dead, dead. Hit, hit the nail on the head. So inside each um, night deceiver, um, is a interdimensional space where um, the ships and, and debris that they eat um, is collected and um, is kept for hundreds of years. They actually don't regurgitate this stuff for hundreds of years. And so um, civilizations are formed inside of these leviathan-sized uh, creatures that, that, that float around the sky. I, I'm playing. I'm playing like the, the the person that leads the story a little bit, like drops a little like breadcrumbs. But I, I know actually where we're going. But the thing that really fucking blew my mind about this when you guys um, introduced it was that creatures are born, live their entire lives, and sometimes their entire existence is within within the Leviathan. So yes, born life, young adult, younghood maturation, oldhood, and death within, yeah. that's all they know, Yeah, is the innards of this beast. And that's fucking cool. It, it, it's one that's really, really interesting. And I think as far as, you know, creatures that you, so yes, this is the chapter page. This is what the art for that chapter looks like. But this is also a creature you will be able to use in your games. It's something that you can use as a plot hook, a plot device, but also something that is a creature that can be a very real threat to any sort of uh, sky-based um, travel. Um, and Night Deceivers are formidable creatures. They're absolutely ginormous. They are, you know, bigger than islands. Um, they are, you know, giant, giant creatures um, that prowl the sky, you know, looking to just consume things. 
and uh, and you know that it's something that for any DM is is a great tool to to in my opinion to plug into the game. And we will let you know we do have a have a side profile shot that shows the entire Night Deceiver and all of its like innards with the city and like all this crazy stuff. But uh, we're gonna save that for for when we're closer to the Kickstarter. We're actually gonna save that one for for, for from you guys until that, we're closer that, to the Kickstarter. That one. I mean, the the front view is beautiful, um, but the side view, and so it is. I mean, I think it was based on an anglerfish, but it is not. Like once you get that side view, it is a. What would you? What would? What, how would you describe this creature, Tony? Yeah, Tony, give us give us your thoughts um, on the season and break it down from so your perspective. One other element that I know it's cool that it can it eats and has a whole so whole civilizations inside its its like upper intestines, but another important point is that it ne- it is never seen during day. It actually travels the opposite side of the sun in its shadow at all times. So it's also something that most of the time you it's very difficult to see coming. Um, that's how it survives. Um, that's how it gets you as well. That little light is very deceptive, hence the name Night Deceiver. Another element that I think is super fun is that this is also hinting to some super deep lore of our setting. Um, the Sky Realm and the the um, the opposite of that, the Land Realm, um, which you know maybe you guys see more of later. We'll see. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but um, you know, as 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 Bodhi name dropped the Great Beasts, um, that that that's a thing going on. That's a yeah. that's a thing that stuff is happening. Um, so which is always fun as a DM. It's always fun to just be like, oh, and here's the thing, and here's a word. Deep lore, and then just kind of moving on. So I'm just calling out deep lore, and then we'll move on. But it's basically a giant whale crossed with an aberration with an anglerfish, and then two rows of teeth like a shark, um, and then like three eyes on each side that glow bright red when they actually open, which is terrifying. If they're opening, it's probably too late. Um, exactly. It's exactly. kind of it's kind of what I imagine like like the the nightmare of a someone in a submarine or something. It's basically yeah. that. Right? Yeah. Like that's the thing that the guy in the submarine wakes up with like cold sweat um and needs to go talk to the submarine shrink because they have those. I said yeah. it they do. Um <laughs> it, it's that kind of nightmarish eldritch horror um it's not something you can reason with you just can't go up and go hey night deceiver no (laughs) i mean i'll take that back you could try maybe you're a bard really (laughs) guys are Uh, always trying to talk to things (laughs) a lot of fun do do you know what i think as well like with with the night deceiver the beautiful thing about the the night deceiver is not only is it a creature you can use in your world not only does it give you a new civilization that you can include in your world not only is it going to come with amazing art and a really cool stat block, but the cool thing is, even at this point, I have begun writing my own campaign for uh, you know something to do with the inside of a night deceiver. We're actually hoping to you know launch that for you guys probably before we actually um, go live with this Kickstarter. We, we, we've been working you've on. Been, that. You've been absolutely captured by your imagination has just fallen in love with yeah the. The potential, the possibilities of lore within the Night Deceiver and what could happen inside and outside. Exactly. So 
I, I, I'm I very excited about it. And as far as creature goes, creatures go, it's one of the ones that we're most excited to, to give to you guys and, and, and bring to the table. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to quickly one last time pull up that image so you guys can see. It's, uh, as you can see again, just it's that mouth front section there. You can see the light of the anglerfish. You can see the six red eyes that Tony mentioned, the two rows of teeth. You can also see its size based on uh, and that, that Sky Zephyr there is meant to be like a small, medium kind of airship Sky Zephyr. So you can see the size of this, this, this creature is, is ex exceedingly large and, and, and scary. So yeah, something, you know, we're, we're, we're very excited. And, and we hope you guys have enjoyed seeing a bit more art that will be in the book, the type of, you know, art we're doing for the ships, you know, the front cover that we have, and then also, you know, a uh, bit of some of the creatures. Um, We'll, we'll have some, hopefully, some cloud bees for you next time we do the AMA and, uh, and, and some example pages and things like that. So we're, we're getting really close to having all of that stuff done for you. We're, we're actually beginning to lay out the book and, and, and start working on that. So we're, we're, we're super hyped with the direction that we're, that we're currently going in. Um, yeah. Any other, any other points say. with regard to feats? Um, have you covered everything that you feel like you wanted to cover in this session? Feats, commands, all of the above. I think so. I think, I think, so. I, think I was going to say for me, I think guys just remember, you know, this is a growing process, especially for people who play test. You will receive a lot of like, um, not only you, you'll receive credit in the book and things like that, but you're going to be given a open hand to tell us what you think and to like, and we will listen and adapt this based on that. This is not going to be a case of, you know, you guys play testing and be like, this sucks. And us being like, well, fuck you. We like it. So you know, it's staying <laughs> in, you know, like we, we very much are, are, are going to, you know, work with you guys to build the system once we fund and grow it into the thing that we all want it to really, really be. And I think this this feats is one of the core ways where we can make this really inclusive, really interesting for all people who play different characters, you know, for all different character types, all different, you know, character races, all different character classes, um, you know, all different character backgrounds and, and backstories. I feel like these feats are going to be a big core part of that. And we're excited for you guys to not only test them, but create characters around them um, and begin thinking about, you know, using them in your own games. I'm, I'm super hyped about that. personally. Mm. Anything yeah. else from you, Tony? I was just going to say, do we want to end with, uh, with one more, one more, hmm? one more go for reveal? It. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, let's go for it. You Storm, got Storm, Storm Collar? Go for it. Storm Collar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> I know storm caller. I know how happy you are right now. <laughs> storm caller was um, one of our first. Like, all right, hang on. When we first started this, like, what could a druid do? Yeah, could a druid yeah. on a ship. Like, what something? Um, so the storm caller will have the ability to, um, if your ship is in a storm where there is a random table associated with that, um, a storm caller will actually be able to manipulate that storm in subtle ways. You'll actually be able to roll twice on the table and pick which result you want. Yeah. Um, and so you'll be able to, in the middle of the chaos, you know, you know, commune with it in a way, feel it out in a way. More importantly, you'll also have a command called rain dance. 
Yeah. Where you will teach, it'll take a little bit more crew than some of the others, but you could actually have them go through a ritual to summon a storm, <laughs> which then you get to manipulate. Um, now, it's there's still a little bit of, you know, uh, RNG in there, you know, you roll the same thing twice, that's happening. But that also means that the other ship is stuck in a storm because storms mm -hmm. affect entire layers that you're yeah. on. So if that's if that's what you want to do and you want to be like, guys, just heads up, storm is where we're fighting. That's where yeah. we're, we're going to be best. You can also, you know, trick out your ship to better adapt that you could be like a, your ship is always known to be in a storm if you wanted. That's a fantasy that you could have here. Yeah, 100%. So another another one of my favorite ones. I think that one, as of right now, we have connected to Druid or Warlock. Mm. Are the two nice. that um that I think so I think Sorcerer is not a bad shout for that either. Sorcerer too. Yeah. I'm actually gonna yeah, add yeah. the, the doc yeah, right yeah, now. Go for it. Um and I and again, this comes back to again, it's it's another one of those things where you can see how like all of these feats kind of relate, but are also very different. You know, you've got the divine protector, which has a group prayer. You have a group of people come together and it does something for your ship. You know, with, with the storm caller, you have a group of people come together and it affects the area around your ship and the area around your enemy ships. And so you can see that, you know, we're, we're going from, you know, sometimes you need just a couple of crew members. Other times you need to make sure that you have, you know, your full crew available to you to you know do these do these abilities and do these commands uh you know ush, issue these commands basically so it becomes this whole chess match of keeping people alive being smart about how you're flying your ship being smart about you know how much money you're spending on crew how well you're looking after them when you're doing you know things to uplift their morale you know during downtime you know are your crew you know during are, are your players when they get off the ship what like yes, they might have plot that goes on to land, but what's their crew doing during all of that? Are they just losing morale? Are they gaining morale? What what kind of thing are you allowing them to do? So on and so forth, and it becomes you know really really interesting of of, of how that kind of goes about. Did well, you remember I... to crack the window open before you left the dog in the ship? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> These are important things. <laughs> well, to like the storm caller, your little scenario just. It kind of blows my imagination out to, you know, we have one expertise. So let's let's say that we are like our entire fighting style, our entire entire like equipment is honed towards fighting in a storm. And the I'm just picturing, you know, like we will fight the first half of a battle in any kind of conditions. It could be bright, bright skies, whatever. The other side could be winning. They could almost be feeling like they've almost won. But we haven't even started fighting in our in our. It's almost like the Green Bay Packers or the Cleveland Browns in fucking February, right? You're out there in frozen conditions. The ball is a is a solid piece of like granite. You don't like the other team is like, what the fuck is going on right now? And they're like, this is how we play football. So let's 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 party. You yeah, know that's exactly. that's kind of. <laughs> Yeah. You're simply borrowing the storm. We were born in it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so it, it's just one of those things, dude, I think all around, again, I come back to, we're looking for diversity. We're looking for inclusivity. We're looking for customization. We're looking for, you know. Fun imagination. Like just. Exactly. Giving yeah. you options to create fun. Yeah. Is I think, you know, one of the biggest things that we're trying to do with this. Yeah. Very cool. One nice of one, my guys. big things 
with with the feats as we're thinking even expanding them my goal my personal goal is for any one person to pick any class and still have a tough decision yeah mm. right yeah. you're a you know i'm gonna be a druid oh, that's, oh but i want them all yeah mm. that's that's my goal my yeah, per, my awesome. personal goal this is this is my campaign quote I want you to always have a tough decision in a good way. Yeah, 100%. I'm right there with that. It's a great mantra. I'm right there with that. Um, also, just a final thing I'm going to say before we round this out. Just a shout out to people like Alucard the Bard, uh, the Waterman, uh, Gion. Um, shout out to uh, Mackenzie Calhoun. Um, shout out to you know all, all the people, uh, Reven, uh, Home Bakery, all the people that have been asking questions and you know staying active in the chat. Um, we appreciate all you guys for, for tuning in, being a part of this process, supporting us along the way. We hope to you know really ramp this up as we continue getting closer to that you know first quarter of next year when we'll be launching this. Um, any help from you guys in terms of sharing it out and, and, and getting out there amazing. If this is your first time watching, a homie and the dude stream. Welcome, we're homie and the dude, father and son TTRPG MMA team. Um, today we're joined by Tony, our co-writer for this airship combat overlay that we're talking about. If any of that interests you, we have you know D and D live streams. We also do you know podcasts where we interview people. Um, if any of that interests you, please subscribe to the channel. Um, but for updates on the airship combat stuff specifically, we have our Discord server, which has a link in the description. We put loads of stuff in there. We communicate with you guys. You can ask us questions directly. Um, furthermore, we also have our newsletter of holding, which Tom mentioned earlier in the, the episode as well. You get free D&D supplements. You also get entered in our family-made dice giveaways. Um, that we do pretty regularly, and you'll get behind-the-scenes content and updates on the Airship Combat Kickstarter. All of that is completely free of charge, um, and both of those links are down in the description. So if you're interested in either of those things, definitely uh, do that if you want to come along this journey with us as we as we grow this this idea and this concept into something that you guys can hold tangibly in your hand and and run for your players. Not too not too far now. It's uh, it's November, so we're looking at. Four months. Yeah. We're getting there. Four months. We're getting pretty, there. Pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Let's do it. But what, yeah. what's what's the next one? Um, any thoughts, guys, on um, seeding? And yeah. it might be might be too early to to. to I'm not saying that we're going to commit to this, but what are some ideas for some themes for the next AMAs coming going forward? We we could talk about we could talk about flying in the sky and like like wind zones and 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 thing wind direction and sorry air zones. We could definitely talk about aircrew in a little bit more detail. We could definitely talk about um, repair rules and things like that. Um, one thing we have to stay away from at the moment, just because we're finalizing bits on it, is movement. But other than that, we're, we're pretty much good to talk about mostly everything. More creatures? Yeah, we could talk well, about of creatures, of course. More Next time we'll be doing sure. an expose on cloud bees, their society, <laughs> and how not to piss them off. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> on national uh, geographic <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so we will be showing a lot more art next time as well I, again if you are watching this and you have any questions that you weren't able to ask as you're catching this when it's not live drop them in the comments or reach out to us on the discord and we'll uh, we'll answer those questions in our next uh, ama 100 as we uh, we're probably going to be doing one or two of these a month leading up to yep. um the kickstarter Thanks everyone for joining us. This is our second AMA. 
for the airship combat system overlay that is heading to a Kickstarter near you. So thank you again. We hope that you continue with us on this journey and um, we're having some fun. We'll continue to have some fun and uh, we'll see you soon. We'll Take see you in the next one, guys. Yeah. Later, Bye-bye. Right, last thing I'm going to show you, that night deceiver. Ah. <laughs> <laughs>